welcome uh, to uh, another edition of uh, the Lost Horror Podcast, uh, which uh, which comes out whenever we're ready and uh, whenever hockey is not in the way. <laughs> uh, featuring my co-host, uh, hockey fan extraordinaire Eric Sayor. <laughs> we get this for once every thirty years. Might as well enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, that that's the sound of no shame. Uh, yeah, absolutely uh, no, no shame, shame whatsoever. <laughs> and I completely understand. <laughs> Here's the only thing I'll say about hockey: I've never, se- I haven't seen this city so happy in like mm. years, basically months at the very least, years right. for sure, and it just feels really good. Yeah, yeah, and I bet with with everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's like better. it's like what was needed to get us out of like this weird general feeling mm-hmm. and uh living in a city where hockey is basically a religion um feels good. Feels definitely good. Uh but yeah, we're not talking about hockey, we're talking about we're talking about robbing banks this week. Uh, yeah. yeah. Banks and other exactly. things. Yeah. Um well, one of our films does take like half of half of it takes place in detroit which is close ish in terms of area i think i don't know i don't know geography <laughs> um so yeah that, that's a thing uh, uh, so yeah uh, if that's not a hint is what we're talking about um we're visiting a director we have not discussed uh yet up until this point uh steven soderbergh um and we're uh, we're starting with uh, Out of Sight. Uh, I can introduce the movie unless you had a, a thing that you wanted to start off with. This one. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is a adaptation of uh, an Elmore Leonard. I want to say novel. Um, Elmore Leonard is prolific American writer, crime novelist, and so on and so forth. Um, and this is a movie featuring George Clooney and uh, uh, Jennifer Lopez. I don't know how I forgot that name. Uh, <laughs> as a uh, U.S. Marshal and bank robber, respectively, uh, who uh, have an interesting uh, fling, let's, let's call it, and a spark between them. And that, that, that leads to all kinds of uh, shenanigans and things while they do their respective jobs uh, and try to avoid each other when they can and not avoid each other for some uh, interesting moments. Uh, (laughs) I'm being very vague. Uh, I don't know why I feel the need to be, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very, I would call it enjoyable film. I don't know how to categorize it in terms of uh, a tone or genre, I guess, crime comedy black comedy in parts so yeah 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 yeah, it's it's a kind of movie that feels like it doesn't really exist anymore in a way nope (laughs) Um, just because I feel like um, I don't know this kind of mid-budget crime movie that's also kind of uh, an has like shades of an erotic thriller kind of mm-hmm. have disappeared. Um, right. We've, ta- we've talked previously about um, what was that movie? Um, 
Like Mark Ruffalo. Uh... Oh. Um, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, uh, um... it, it, it'll come back to me. Yeah. It, it, it... Yes. Um, <laughs> that was. Oh, oh my. Um, yes, with Nicole Kidman. Um, we'll we'll figure it out later. Um, yeah, yeah, that Jane Campion movie in the cut. We've talked. We've yeah. we've, we've we've done previously, and it kind of. It, it's a lot more, I don't know, right? Uh, comedy than that movie, mm-hmm. but it 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 is like of right. an era of like early two thousand nineties, early two thousand movies that have like where two stars that have great sexual mm-hmm. chemistry on screen uh, are like kind of just allowed to run wild and be extremely charismatic and extremely hot together and yes. also like crime happens yeah yeah like um it's a it is a very specific kind of movie that they were making a lot of and i would say like many things this specific thing has moved to television um a lot of the time that's where this type of thing occurs um but yeah they've made a lot of these and this one is in particular um the the hot aspect um <laughs> uh, i feel like they were really turning the heat up in that arena um and i i have this distinct memory of uh, i know that we've talked about this me like going to film classes in high school and seeing a documentary about editing um and soderbergh specifically talking about trying to make uh the scene that is uh the scene between them in the hotel room as hot as he possibly could without making it salacious um, or something to that effect. Like, how can I make this very erotic without using all of like the basic tells, like without cheating essentially was, was, was his goal. Like, uh, and I would say that he succeeded. Um, <laughs> I would say he yeah. succeeded quite well. Um because I, I still couldn't really say exactly how he did that as effectively as he did, but um, uh, bravo, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, well, uh, well, I think we'll get to that scene, but it is definitely like kind of emblematic of a lot of the stuff this movie does so well. Um, yeah. This movie is, it's, uh, I don't think we've mentioned it, it stars uh, George Clooney, uh, yes. early film star Clooney, and uh, J-Lo, top of her music fame, J-Lo. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a bank robber that gets caught and escapes prison. And kind of, while escaping, uh, kidnaps her. And she's a federal agent whose job it is to capture cons that escaped. And they kind of, I don't know fall for each other they're like intrigued by each other and they of course find each other uh very attractive um unsurprisingly and uh the movie is him trying to uh do one last heist uh steal some diamonds from a guy who he met earlier in prison who uh who promised him a a job and kind of screwed him over more or less and she's kind of chasing him not sure she wants to arrest him or not and it's really good it's honestly um 
Oh, let's see. One of the best movies I've seen this year, uh, I would say. I really liked it. What did you think? Yeah. Uh, big picture. Um, I mean, I've I've always liked this movie. Um, I, I think this was on my top 100. I can't remember. <laughs> um, uh, I have a vague memory of it being there. Um, yeah, I've always liked this movie. I really liked it again this time. Um, I really liked their chemistry and the way that they play these characters. Um, Elmore Leonard in general is kind of a... a a voice that is very interesting to me. Uh, Elmore Leonard, for those that don't know, his work is in the inspiration for the show Justified, which I know I've talked about at length somewhere, um, uh, which uh, features the character of Raylan Givens. Um, and uh, that's part of his whole book universe that he has, um, which is why um, uh, the uh, the Michael Keaton character uh, in this film is also in Jackie Brown um, for a much longer period of time than he is in this movie. Uh, he shows up basically to get a uh, yelled at by Dennis Frina um, or not yelled at, but uh, <laughs> condescended to, I guess. Um, but yeah, um, I, I really like the, the general tone of this film. Uh, I really, uh, I really like the general atmosphere of it. Uh, and uh, it's it's like a sly undercover um, ensemble movie in a way. Um, and I was kind of looking for that because we are doing this uh, because there is a, a Soderbergh movie coming out, which I realized I did not say <laughs> until right now. Um, but there is another Soderbergh coming out, which is the inspiration for this, which features a lot of cast members from this movie um, and some new ones. Um, and yeah, I, looking at his work and trying to think about, you know, what are the defining features of him, a big ensemble cast and a lot of players. That's kind of his thing. That's the thing that defines his stuff more than anything else. I would say in terms of style. Um, and it really shows in this movie, when you're looking for it, you realize that, you know, for a little bit, this movie is Catherine Keener's movie for a little bit. It's kind of Louis Guzman's movie. <laughs> Uh, and it's Don Cheadle's and Steve Zahn's for bits and pieces. Um, and then just all these other people who show up, like Viola Davis, for literally five minutes to just steal the show. Um, like, it's it's really interesting how even a movie that is so focused on George Clooney and J-Lo as the sort of focal points of the movie, it still has his trademark, um, you know, very strong supporting cast. Um that bring that adds to the tone and the feeling of this sort of uh, crime world <laughs> where everybody is very smart and has, yeah. you know, <laughs> and they know exactly what they're going to say, um, or they're very stupid. Uh, <laughs> um, and I really like the, the dynamic of that and how Soderbergh portrays that. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it's, um, it's interesting the thing you mentioned about like the ensemble cast, and I wonder how much of this is like actors that were like kind of on the edge of going up, and mm -hmm. we know them now, and how uh, they're already good in this, but also it's like uh, in a way their their reputation precedes their performances. Like 
Don Shido is kind of a nobody, right? Yeah. Uh, in in this movie, uh, um, Viola Davis has a tiny role. Uh, even Sam Jackson is mm. like kind of not the huge star. Like his right. cameo is like it's not a Sam Jackson cameo. It's just like a small role, right? Mm-hmm. At yeah, least that's my small... that's my feeling from it. Yeah, it's a small role that it, it feels like a setup if somebody wanted to pick up that line, which is the conversation, again, I think we can have when we do a Jackie Brown down the line, um, because that will probably get just its own episode when we get there. Um, but it does feel like it feels like setup, but it also just feels like an interesting small role for him to play. Um, it's. It's not a lot of time, but you just get a, a very good sense of who this character is and his backstory. Um, and I, I I love the whole way that that scene plays out. Um, uh, but yeah, like there's a lot of stuff like that throughout the movie. Um, like, you know, I mean, Albert Brooks, I think, is in the movie for maybe 10 minutes, but his character <laughs> is uh, so well defined in my head. Um, uh, and uh, his whole vibe and look, um, which is different from any other Albert Brooks character that I can actually think of, um, but it's discernibly Alfred Brooks. Um, and he does that a lot with many of the actors in this. Ving Rhames, I feel like, is playing against the Ving Rhames type a lot in this movie. Um, oh, and, I feel uh, like if you, you think about like early Mission Impossible... Uh, yeah, it's like it feels like almost the same guy in a way, but that's it, like the yeah. charm of Ving Rhames. I think Ving Rhames is just such a charismatic actor, and he doesn't have to do a lot to just mm-hmm. be really uh, engaging in his performance. True. Um, true. True. His his presence is certainly. He has the Ving Rhames presence, <laughs> the best way I would say it. But like, uh, they give his character enough to make him feel different. Like, um, he feels very different from Marcellus Wallace, which is a very, you know, obvious thing to say. But um, you know, the, the buddy character who is who has to call his sister every time he does something bad, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, which is a great little character beat. Um, but yeah, like, uh, actors show up in this, and I feel like a lot of them do do other than what you might expect or what you're, you might be used to with them. Um, except for maybe Steve Zahn, Steve Zahn's very much playing Steve Zahn. <laughs> um, uh, mostly. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I really like Nancy Allen showing up to play again, a maid for like 10 minutes. Um, not that she has a lot to do, but I think she, uh, uh, she plays it well. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of like, big names or people that become big names that are kind of that kind of feel yeah. lost in the movie and it, there's not i wouldn't say even even if this is like one of J- uh, Lo's best performances uh maybe i would have said her best performance until hustlers um, yeah probably she yeah. she's very understated there's a lot there's a lot of like uh, human there, there's a lot of depth to both her character, Cooney's character, and to a lot of even those smaller yeah. roles. They there's a lot of 
writing. There's a lot of small scenes that are there just to give them like the lived in nature of their characters. And uh and it's and I feel like uh this movie just works really well because you kinda like a lot of their decisions make sense because you know these them more as people than as just like performances. Yeah. Um, I th- it, I think that's a it, when you have a lot of um, a lot of characters like this and a lot of um, a, a lot of uh, weird characters even uh, just mm-hmm. giving them a bit more depth than just making them have like the one weird quirk. Um, yeah, I think I think goes a long way. And at times this movie feels like this movie feels maybe like it should be like. 20 minutes shorter in to be like I don't know tighter in its storytelling but having all those character bits added having a lot of those flashbacks I think it gives the whole thing um, a lot more life and I think yeah. that's why it, it works so well um, uh, and just really well constructed really good script uh yeah. Like a lot of the lines themselves just are really good. A lot of good back and forth, um, and the editing is kind of the maybe the best part. Uh, we haven't gotten deep into it, but you mentioned seeing it in your um, seeing Soderbergh talk about it in a film class. But mm-hmm. uh, this movie has the most free freeze frames of any movie I've ever seen. Um, a lot of the transitions. Yeah. Are freeze frames, and then the further the movie goes, like it, it kind of makes the movie slow down in a way. Like the the further it goes, the more freeze frames there are until that climax scene where uh, J Lo and Cooney meet in a bar and go up to her room, and that scene is just like freeze, show a, a different moment frees you a different moment there's a conversation over it and it's like an intersection of both like uh their moment at the bar and their moment in the room and like you mentioned like the use of camera is not mm-hmm. there's no like i don't know there's it, it's not looking for skin Right. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. It's like it's it's definitely not lingering on their bodies. It's really trying to um trying to show their like kind of their attraction and their chemistry and just like there's like touches but they're like almost they're they're like they're very light and at the same time they feel very um sexually tense and i think a lot of um i think a lot of movies could learn of, of how like how well it's done in this yeah 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 i totally agree i think um they focus a lot of it is focused on the eyes um and like it's not about what they're looking at it's about how they're looking at it <laughs> um like it relies a lot on um their sort of um the magnetism i guess uh between them and like how they just can't stop like taking in every moment of each other as we when we keep cutting to the hotel room um and i like how that's um 
that's intercut with them when they're in the bar and correct me if I'm wrong, they're constantly looking away from each other in the bar. Uh, <laughs> like they keep on like feeling almost uncomfortable with uh, making eye contact. And I, I think that there's something um, there's something to that, that juxtaposition um, that adds to this sense of um, just, um, I don't want to say obsession, but like um, a feeling of them being gripped with each other's presence um that is uh throughout that sequence um and it's just it's extremely compelling and utterly watchable um i have a hard time looking away from it um yeah. <laughs> which is a uh, i think one of the achievements of the of the movie um uh, yeah it's 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 like the whole movie is built around this and it's like and it's not yeah. only the intensity it's also the playfulness and the competition like you see them mm-hmm. take off their clothes like each take off a clothes at their time and it's like they're showing each other off to the other and it's mm-hmm. just like again it's 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 like two of the like hottest actors of their generation and most charismatic people of their generation just like kind of just playing hot <laughs> it's, it's 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 really good and the 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 and while the, a lot of the movie centers around that, it's still kind of a very funny, playful movie. It's like they kind of understand the absurdity of what they're doing in a fun way. I love how like her dad is just like <laughs> kind of like her dad who does the same job as her. I think, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're I think they're both supposed to be marshals. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're um, not to get too uh, martial nerdish, <laughs> but their main thing is prisoner transport in the modern day. Yeah. That's their main primary job. Um, and yeah, um, there's a sort of a, uh, a going against her instincts that she got from her father um, sort of subplot. Um, I like the, the father. um Again, like he's given a lot to do. Uh, it doesn't just feel like a a, a disapproving father storyline that you've seen in like a million things. Um, there's even a sense of him not being sure how he feels about it exactly. Um, it, you get the sense that he doesn't like any guy that she likes. <laughs> um, so he he disapproves of this relationship as much as he does her being with another cop, um, which is. <laughs> I like that. There's a there's a there's a e- egalitarian nature to that. Um, He's just making fun of her for her bad taste in men. Yes, yeah, and he'll do it no matter what. It doesn't matter uh, what the situation is. Um, yeah, equal opportunity, just trashing of her taste. Um, I really enjoyed that, um, and I even like that at the very end he kind of has like a. Um, so are you going to try and get back together with him situation? Um, just, I really like the way that, again, Dennis Reina used very well. Um, again, very briefly, but uh, there's enough to that father character to make him interesting. And he's almost not her conscience, but like you can feel in her, like she, a little him voice in her mind telling her what she should and shouldn't be doing um, throughout the movie. 
uh, and I like how that how so many of these characters are defined in that way. Um, and that, so and then so going back to the hotel sequence for a little bit, I like how that is immediately followed up by the sort of post coital talk that they have. Um, and how it's not um, it's not like a fight. It's um, it's I don't even know how to describe it, really. It's like a, uh, they're they have very they have clearly very complicated feelings about what they know was going to happen the next day. Um, and I just like the way that that whole interaction breaks down. Um, I like his sort of, um, you know, his pointing out that she is not stupid um, and his sort of the way that he disarms her treating her like a trophy, you know, ha 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 ha. I slept with a marshal and all that kind of stuff is what she sort of hints at. Um, and I, I just like the whole way that that entire conversation breaks down and that it, it still feels true to the sequence before it never goes overboard or hyperbolic. Um, and it feels very real and uh, in keeping with the sequence before, but it still feels like the natural um, direction of that relationship that is already so charged for it to go. Um, yeah, I just really like that. <laughs> really like that post sequence um, and how delicately it's handled. Yeah, yeah, it's really... It's really strong. Um, we haven't really touched on any of the prison stuff or the um, or the or the the character of Steve Zahn or Albert Albert Brooks. I don't know if you want to get into these relationships. Steve Zahn plays like a butthead that kind of is trying to be a criminal but is a failure at it. Because yeah. everyone steps all over him, and he kind of is the type to just listen to the last person who tell her, tell him tells him something is the person he's listening to at this point, and mm -hmm. um, it, I, I don't know that character is probably the least uh, interesting part of this movie. Um, yeah, he's um. <laughs> he, he very much makes the plot move that's his major contribution um there's not a lot interesting about him but he's very much a uh just a guy who's going along with everything um i i do like the i think i like the way that they depict the prison stuff um i think that there's a good job of um setting the tone there um yeah yeah, <laughs> like they they do a very good job of like really keeping the outside world and the inside world um, feeling different, but these characters still feel the same. Um, and I, yeah, yeah, uh, and I like the way that that carries through when you have sequences like them in the boxing gym where they sort of revert back to uh, prison life, <laughs> sort of. Um, yeah, um, was there a place that you were trying to go? I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I like the I like how they show prison life. I like that mm -hmm. scene where 
um, Glenn Michaels is telling them about the diamonds, and he's like uh, in that outside gym and trying to bench press and just like failing yeah. and just trying to lift weights and then just failing completely. He's like he's like a failure at every turn, and I mean it's a it's it's like a fun joke. Uh, that that's like the the funniest part mm-hmm. of that joke. Um, yeah, he's um. He's he's like a person made of spaghetti. <laughs> uh, is is uh, is the is the crudest way I could put it. Like he he doesn't have like a backbone, and that's that's part of the character, and that's part of his actual physique. <laughs> he can't really carry himself. Um, he has to have other people around him. Um, and I like how that plays throughout the movie. And you know, to what you were saying earlier. He's not the most interesting character, but Soderbergh still gives him interesting things to do. Um, you know, I really like the sequence where he's just there witnessing the violence and the way that that's depicted. Um, when he goes with um, Maurice to that house, I think it's like a like a they're like robbing a drug dealer or something. I didn't pick up the exact details of that um, or somebody that owes them money. But I just like the way that they depict him sort of being lost in that moment and not really taking in the information, the way that they show that out-of-body feeling. Again, the editing in this movie is spectacular. Um, uh, You get the sense of violence without having to see all of the gory details, um, which uh, which I very much enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Uh, maybe the last thing we can say about this movie, which I think transitions well to the next movie, is it has this like late nineties, um, very how can I say like yellow orangey aesthetic, like of uh, just the cinematography yeah. itself. It's very like ultra lit in like mm-hmm. like it's set in the desert almost like <laughs> like there's mm-hmm. too much sun um and it's a 98 movie and the next movie we're going to talk about is a 2000 movie that's kind of feels like the worst of the early 2000s uh <laughs> color style i think in my opinion, going from like ext- even more yellow than this to uh-huh. the bluest blue you never want to see in a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's weird. So our next movie, Traffic, that is the. I think it's. I don't know if it's the height, but it's. I. I believe it's one of the first movies in the bleach processing trend. I assume that it's, that's what it is. Um, bleach processing, which I, I don't really want to go into because it's a big, long thing. Um, but if you've seen a movie from the early two thousands, you've seen bleach processing. Um, and it just, it leads to these movies that are very, um, I think the word is oversaturated or undersaturated. Um, and it's just frames that are just all one color. There's not a lot of detail. It's very stark. Um, and I guess the idea was to give it a sense of realism. Um, it's not an aesthetic that I 
<laughs> appreciate. Um, and I think after the fact, um, it's it just looks ugly a lot of the time. Um, and I get the feeling that we very much agreed that traffic visually is not the most watchable movie. Um, which I I mean I I'll just say right now I found that kind of just distracting. I get the sense that you had a, a yeah. similar uh, yeah, sense especially there. like the so there's there's the movie has like three storylines. Yeah. One is set uh, in Mexico. Uh, was one is set like mostly in Washington, like follow. Um, and the mm-hmm. last one is set like on the U.S. side of the border. Uh, mm-hmm. No, in. Miami and Florida, I think. Anyway, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, yeah, there's a Mexico cartel storyline. There's like the, um, the, um, there's the judge, the, the judge, line. yeah, the, the judge, um, Played national, by, uh, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, the like the government official, uh, yes. dr- for drug control storyline, and there, and then there's like, um. Cops trying yeah, to the, get a dealer in in uh, right in Miami, yes. I think. Slash uh, his wife, the story. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, the Mexico, everything in Mexico is like extremely <laughs> like <laughs> over. Like it, it's shot like again, like the desert. It's way too much sun. Um, in every shot, it feels like uh, it feels like it's been bleached, bleached in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's 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 like kind of really weird. It 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 makes Mexico seem like a I don't know a very. Da- it's like it portrays some form of like danger. I think I think that's the goal, but I don't know. It feels a bit yeah. like weird and. Uh, unnecessary um and then the whole um the whole michael douglas who plays like a a judge that that is appointed the at the uh the drug control uh national office um he's a lot of that storyline is like very blue and like mm-hmm. uh, i guess trying to portray depression um and like the drug use at its worst uh and again very distracting and then the 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 cop storyline pretty pretty normal <laughs> yeah. It, it's, yeah yeah it's very it's like i guess it's trying to go for naturalism but because it is such an extreme look it doesn't feel natural yeah. Even though I, I get the sense that they were going for that. And by natural, I mean, like, um, I think the word would be green, uh, like office lighting, essentially. That's yeah. that's the vibe that I get. Um, most of us walk around these lights every day <laughs> or, or we are around these lights every day. Um, and that's the lighting that it's going for. Very much just what you might experience going into a store or an office building. Um, and I think I understand the practical reasons for having um, post-processing that much and processing the image that much. But again, I think, like we both said, uh, I, I think it became distracting. I think that they 
they they overdid it quite a bit um because i think that a lot of that could be done in more practical and less distracting ways <laughs> um but i guess if um you know, if we just want to talk about the movies themselves uh, and try to ignore that, um, I guess. Uh, do you have strong opinions about any of those three storylines? <laughs> um, I like general thoughts. I think it's a movie that's kind of it's a movie that really tries to be like about drugs as a whole thing. Like, yeah, from their inception to their use and like. Is. It's trying to not really demonize right. parts of it. Like like there's there's definitely an interest in not like, like the Michael Douglas character, his daughter is smoking crack cocaine. And mm-hmm. um th- there's definitely an arc in there's an arc in that character in that he he he's like drugs are evil my job is to stop all drugs to the job should be to help the people that are addicted mm-hmm. but the the portrayal of like all drugs in this movie is like they're the worst thing in the world um yes. which it's, yeah which which my my feeling on it is that Oh, it's a movie. It's a Hollywood movie about cocaine. Like every single actor right. in this movie has done cocaine probably hundreds of times. Like, oh uh, yes, absolutely. That it, yes, it, exactly. it's like like cocaine is probably as popular in Hollywood parties as like alcohol, or uh, mm-hmm. more, more popular than weed for sure. Like that's like a, yeah. a, a complete assurance. So it feels so. Um, disingenuous to watch this movie who's kind of trying to have like this weird moral stance that it that it kind of fails on it's it's kind of it kind of feels pointless um that's my general feeling there's some good stuff in there there's some good character work for sure uh but having these three storylines and kind of not getting in depth enough into any of them i feel like uh, mm-hmm. um, like, like there's definitely a better version of that Mexico storyline in mm-hmm. um Sicario, like right. that. That's that's like the ideal version of that. And yeah, I've definitely I can't think of anything like directly, but I've definitely seen like a better version of the Michael Douglas story, um, in like more indie right. movie that are about abuse and like what leads to abuse whereas mm-hmm. I, whereas i think my favorite part is the um, the cheeto guzman part uh yeah. which is <laughs> mostly because it uh don cheeto and luis guzman as cops right. arresting uh albert from twin peaks uh yeah. and just like <laughs> <laughs> just like that situation and like the double crossing with the um, with the um, the drug dealer's wife that's trying to kind of uh, take over the business in his absence the double crossing of the lawyer it's like mm-hmm. a, just a cool cop story like and it's right. it's kind of what Soderbergh is just really good at is like mm-hmm. multiple characters double crossings 
uh, kind of like just like a lot of like small pointless conversations. It, it's really it's really good. Like it's it's like him doing some good stuff. There's there's some interesting thing in there about like um, like. What is what? What is even? What are even those cops doing? Like uh, stopping mm-hmm. this dealer? People are still gonna buy drugs anyway. What, what the, yeah. Is it really pointless? And then one of them dies, and there there's like weight in what they're doing, and like kind of the 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 kind of the existential nature of that work of like you, you this work is infinite basically. There's always gonna be a drug dealer. Yeah. Uh, there's always gonna be. Um, you can't you can't fully stop it. You can slow it down, maybe, but there's no real point to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and all that stuff, I think, is really good. Um, yeah. Even in the Mexico yeah. storyline, I think there's like good stuff there. I just just the just the I don't know the the rich kid getting addicted to crack cocaine story is just. Feels right. like it feels like a PSA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. feel, like, like, watch <laughs> out that your kids don't have drugs at home and aren't doing crack cocaine. Where all your yeah. kids are probably doing is smoking weed. <laughs> right. Like, I, so I, I think I feel of many different minds about this one. I, I agree with you. Like, a lot of it, I would say, doesn't fully work as a movie. I, I agree that, like, the places where it feels the most like, a traditional Soderbergh movie or the places where it's most compelling. I really like the Cheadle and Guzman stuff. And I kind of, I kind of get what's being gone for here. Like, but I feel like if you're going to do something, if you're going to make it a PSA, just make it a PSA. Um, And I, and I just don't know if this really works as a film in a sort of narrative sense overall, if you're, putting all of this in one big pot. And I think that, like you said, a lot of this has been done better in individual films. And I think that if they're going to try and go for something all encompassing, they should have taken more time with it. Maybe it should have been like a mini series or something. Um, But at the same time, I do understand the value of, I guess, showing that this, um, that this aspect of existence, which is, the drug market and how it touches people's it touches the lives of everybody at all of these different levels like i understand the the value of seeing that put on screen um and that there is some inherent like um common good i guess that that can promote um and i think that's why in the 2000s when this movie came out like it was a pretty big deal is my understanding <laughs> like it, it was a considered a very important film um and i i do wonder how much of your strong reaction and my strong reaction is we're 20 years removed from it where i think our understanding of drugs and drug culture is very evolved um but at this uh, but again at the same time i echo all of your (laughs) all of your issues where it's like yeah just look at the cast of this movie like Michael Douglas has done drugs that neither of us can even imagine. Michael Douglas did quaaludes, okay? One hundred percent. That dude probably went to the hospital before he was even sixteen for drugs. Um, 
I don't even I I can't even imagine the things that he has seen. <laughs> um, so yeah, like it, it does feel disingenuous and like a double standard, <laughs> kind of. And I think also removed from it because oh, the worst drug crisis within our lifetime is not cocaine right. coming from Mexico, it's oxys being prescribed by doctor, right? It's yeah. it's like dr- illegal drugs. It's like... <laughs> yeah. Which have done a lot more bad that, than I feel mm-hmm. like. And in, I don't know, both our countries than uh, cocaine Absolutely. or crack have ever done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that it was started by pharmaceuticals in both our countries and yes mexico and china are part of that now but only after that market was well established for over 30 years right now um if anybody wants more information on that there's a documentary on hbo here in the states and i assume it's on that channel crave um probably (laughs) uh in canada so uh, yeah, there's a couple documentaries about that that are very worth checking out about the opioid crisis. And like you said, it's it's worse than anything Mexico brought into this country. Um, so yeah, like, mm, yes. <laughs> it does feel very dated in that sense. Um, I'm very curious, though, to see the original miniseries this is based off of, um, which... Uh, I learned that there was one based because of the credits uh, credit this miniseries called Traffic, which is about German drug dealers uh, and uh, Afghan and Pakistani growers. I I would be very curious to watch that, see how that holds up. Um, I think that would even be more interesting because it would be more of a timepiece even than this, like more of a a look into how things were in 1989 in Europe might actually be uh, more compelling in some ways. Um, but yeah, cause that, that sounds very fascinating. Um, I, I'm yeah. curious to see how that translated and how things changed um, in that. I, mean, yeah. I, th- I think there's an interesting version of this movie that's made now, yeah. you know, but I feel like there's, there's, a lot of what this movie is based on is just like kind of public portrayal mm-hmm. um, in a way. And like, again, a lot of it feels like maybe part of it is like a PSA, part of it feels mm-hmm. like, I don't know, kind of um, uh, a, a fear. Uh, uh, yes. propaganda against like Mexico and like them bring drug. Yeah. We need to close the border. Uh, it's definitely like mm-hmm. it definitely has like a lot of stuff of that era has like those political ramifications. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a there there was a better way to portray a lot of this, but at the same time, still mm-hmm. it's still like a entertaining movie to watch at part like again i, I said yeah, the yeah. the goose manchino relationship <laughs> is great uh yeah there's there's a scene where uh Benicio del toro is meeting two fbi agents and they're yeah. like he, they're, he gets in the car with them and they're, they're gonna take him something for their somewhere for their meeting and 
he's like, no, 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 I'm going with you. And so they're like, where do you want to have this meeting? And then it just cuts and just they're just in a public pool. <laughs> just <okay. laughs> really the two like Asian that. agents and Bernicio del Toro just like standing there in a pool looking extremely awkward. It's very funny. Uh, it's probably the funniest the funniest I've laughed in this whole movie. Um Yes. <laughs> that that took me off my feet metaphorically. Uh yes, that was a that was very good. <laughs> Um, yeah, and um, Benicia is doing a lot in this in this role. Um, a lot of the actors are just uh, playing it up. Um, good, good, good performances all around, I would say. But that's again, like going back to something that I was sort of saying in Out of Sight. I think that uh, Soderbergh always gets good performances um, out of his actors, and I, I would uh, I would definitely say that's the case here. Um, you know, occasionally uh, you have a uh, Eric from that '70s show <laughs> showing up and just playing himself. Um, uh, he was very distracting. Were you distracted by Topher Grace <laughs> being in this movie, or uh, or was he? Uh, kind of, yeah, yeah, just for, uh, yeah, just very, very Spider-Man three role. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, very adjacent. Um, yeah, he, yeah, that was. A, there's also weird stuff with that character. It's like, mm-hmm. there, there's no way they, there's no way that character is going to a crack house to buy cocaine. Like, there's just someone in their school that sells it there. Like, it's, it's, yeah. comp- it, it's like, again, such a portrayal that feels like, watch out for the, the black place in your community where they sell drugs. It's mm-hmm. it's it's it feels just bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's yeah, it, yeah. Like um, I feel like there's a more honest portrayal of the guy whose house they go to, who's like, "Don't come here again." After holding a gun on them, um, like it just doesn't. Aspects of this movie don't feel like they're coming from an honest point of view. Um, like it's. Uh, a story heard, you know, a story told you by somebody who heard it from somebody else who heard it from, like, it, it feels like a game of telephone, many aspects of yeah. this. Um, but then there are these moments like um, uh, the moment with uh, Viola Davis as the social worker. Um, and again, like, that's the part where I kind of like the stuff with the daughter, where it's like, you know, the whole anybody can get addicted any you know it's not just people in bad situations or in you know uh in places of high stress um and i I, again i understand the the value of that especially into in a 2000 i imagine um but it is undercut by these other moments that just feel so flattened and non-dimensional um yeah just it's a very confusing movie <laughs> uh, to, to 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 really come to yeah. a conclusion about. I, I wonder how much of this felt radical in 2000 and it's just like hard to right. brand, uh, yeah. which often happens when we're talking about like movies from that era. But uh, there's there's definitely like a lot of empathy for her, which mm-hmm. is. Um, which, which I think is good, but the movie is so centered around her father and her father's 
perception right. of her that it that it's like kind of lost in there and it's there's like a, the message of like listen to your family and just like try mm. to help them but again it feels there there's very little character there's so little character in the daughter that mm-hmm. uh it's it's harder to like uh link to her and it's the the the, the, the it's so much from the point of view of her father and it's like <laughs> it's like they're not showing us the part where he's an awful father <laughs> right. I mean? it's like it really, yeah absolutely yeah it's like there's yeah. there's it, it, there's something missing there and i i think it would be right. uh more beneficial if if it would be better if it like tried to portray the daughter as an actual character um mm-hmm. instead of like a device for her father to change um right. but but again that's 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 the point of the story kind of to have like the government perception of it and being changed by the the personal yeah. stuff it's, it's just not that interesting it's just like i yeah. feel like um there's better movies about addiction that really get into this mm-hmm. and um even even something like train spotting is just about mm-hmm. addiction in a way that's kind of just like understands it and i don't think this movie really understands it yeah it it has these moments where it feels like it could go in the right direction and it just doesn't um yeah yeah um hmm. i'm trying to think of what else we haven't um we haven't really talked about the um uh Catherine Zeta Jones character um she's i mean she's she's doing a good job as that character um again i feel like we have seen versions of this uh since and even before um again i think she does a fairly good job of playing this character um i think that Dennis Quaid is very uninteresting as the uh as the crime business associate um i i don't i don't know did you feel similarly or or differently um on him or did you have any other sort of thoughts about the Ayala uh plotline which is kind of i understand why it's there because uh, we do have to show, I guess, the lives of the people that um, uh, Cheadle and uh, Guzman are um, watching. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to feel about it really. Um, so yeah, uh, it's a it's a thing that's there. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of got lost a bit in that plot line because there's like a, an assassin trying to kill. Uh, right. Edward Ruiz, and then there's an assassin trying to kill that assassin, and it's just like, oh yeah, that makes it like that. This is where the plots intersect, but it's it's just mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't um, it, it right. kind of get lost. There's a bit too much of uh, too much uh, too many characters at that point. I feel yeah. like too many characters that are in the movie for less than like a minute. Um, yeah, it, it's weird. I'm because I'm just like don't. 
don't let them kill Albert from Twin Peaks <laughs> is kind of where my head goes. Oh, yeah, uh, was, I've, yeah. been, I've been re-watching Twin Peaks and it's like, just, <laughs> l- l- he, <laughs> that actor just like, like giving off the same energy as Albert from yeah. those first from the those first two seasons for sure, and it's like I, I still really like him in this uh, in yeah. the same way. Yeah, he's. I mean, uh, Miguel Fer- Ferrer, um, killing it, <laughs> always yeah. killing it. Yeah, um, yeah, very much the same energy. And again, like this that moment where he's as you were sort of talking about earlier, like pointing out how their jobs are useless and how they're basically just, um, you know, they're cleaning up the mess as it happens and they're not really making any difference. Like moments like that are, um, uh, I think those moments really stand out and they're interesting. And again, that goes to the whole PSA thing. Um, But again, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about it in the end. I just uh I'm just like, okay, well that that that's a thing that happened. Um let's get back to yeah. the drug dealer stuff. Uh <laughs> I guess Yeah, th- yeah, there there's there there's definitely like some disconnect there and I think um I kind of want to see Solarberg see make a modern version of something like this in yeah. in a weird way. Um yeah, or hyper focus on any one of these aspects. I think that would be more interesting um yeah yeah um, certainly it's definitely like i don't know there's a lot of stuff to manage in this movie and i can see why he won best director for it right but um i i i don't necessarily feel like uh <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, retroactively it's it's the one i don't know Mm. Right. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> um I under I think I understand why in the moment he got it. I think that it it's the whole Hollywood likes to sort of give awards for saying a thing. Um but it I, again, going to something that you sort of said, like it feels very much set in the moment, um, and it feels like, uh, um, like the Hollywood felt that they were being um, uh, very um, not progressive, but they felt like they were being radical for voting for this um, when they really. <laughs> when they really weren't. Um, but they thought that the, this was their moment to say, well, this is where we all stand. And yeah, I, that's the sense that I get with deciding to vote for this. Um, and I think that you can see how things kind of shifted and there's a little bit more of a backlash just like five years later with the movie Crash, which I feel like it was just trying to recreate this yeah. movie. Um, by having a lot of the same cast come back um, playing somewhat similar roles um, in certain cases. Like, it it feels like the difference between 2000 and 2005 is one of these movies winning an Oscar for the director and still being somewhat respected today, and the other movie is frequently the butt of every joke 
Like I, I don't hear Crash brought up um not in a punchline way. Um not recently at least. Um and of course uh in uh comparison to Brokeback, I think. Yeah. Uh and yeah. uh yeah. Like I, I, I don't hear one of those two things brought up in yeah, this is a this is a weird Oscar years where um he's nominated against himself for Aaron <laughs> Brokovich. Um Oh yeah, that's right. And uh loses Best Picture to Gladiator. Um <laughs> which is very funny. <laughs> Wow. Uh, <laughs> I don't know your feelings on Gladiator. Gladiator, I don't know, is a movie I like kind of because I, I mean, watched I, I, enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I really liked it when I was 16. Right. Um, right. Yes. And the, um, the, other, the other two uh, Best Pictures nominees are, are uh, um, Chocolat, which is not a movie, the Ginette Binoche movie that I haven't mm. seen. And Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which probably deserves <laughs> deserves it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's probably my pick in those movies. I haven't seen Aaron Brockovich. I, I would say that. I will say that. Maybe we'll cover yeah. it in future Soderbergh talks. Um, but yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> weird, uh, <laughs> weird year. Um, mm. Yeah, looking at it, um, yeah, um, Gladiator's weird. It's, um, because that's in the, so with our earlier conversation of, like, 2000s trends, the other trend was big historical movies, and I feel like Gladiator's kind of the end of that for a little bit there, um, specifically, like, very historical, based in somewhat fact- yeah historical movies um it, yeah interesting i i don't think that that movie would win now um but it is fascinating that ridley scott i don't think has um had that kind of a reaction to any of his movies since um so yeah fascinating um hmm hmm yeah, uh, up to maybe The Martian, I think, is the closest thing he's come to. Yeah. Um, make something that's, I don't know, universally loved. I'll, I'll say it like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it kind of isn't, but it's it's like, it's a strong movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, weird. Weird year 2000 for movies. It- yeah, it's a very strange year. Um, hmm. Uh, I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, looking at the awards at one, uh, Benicio winning for best supporting actor. I, I kind of get, um, I mean, we've already kind of said it, but his performance is very good. Um, I do think that, as you brought up earlier, he's kind of done a better performance sense in a sort of similar category. I think that I would, I would take this award away and give it to his performance for Scario. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> he, he's, he's playing like, he's doing similar stuff even better in Sicario, but I guess that's really 
uh, growth. Yeah. Uh, his growth as an actor. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I, I think that's all I have to say. Soderbergh makes yeah. really good movies. Uh, we're both excited. His right. w- when when we record this, uh, his new movie is about to come out, um, both yep. here and in the U.S. Uh, on demand. Uh, I mean, on uh, right HBO Max um, and whatever, and Crave here. Yes, yes, um, and. I'm very excited for it. Um, even a bad Soderbergh movie, or not even bad, just like a a, a not exciting Soderbergh movie, is still interesting. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm very curious to see what this movie is going to be. Um, uh, everything about it, it seems like it's going to be good. I really love uh, bank robbing and heist movies. <laughs> Yeah, I like Soderbergh. I like that cast. <laughs> yeah, he's he's one of those. Yeah, he's one of those directors that is releasing movies faster than I can watch them. I feel like almost like his last yeah. his, his movie last year, uh, "Let Them All Talk." Uh, I heard was pretty good. I haven't seen it from the previous year. "High Flying Bird" was really good. "Logan Lucky" a few years ago, one of the best heist movies I think of the decade. Yeah. Um. Still making some of his best stuff, uh, I feel like, and um, and really not afraid to try different styles of filmmaking, filming yep. stuff on iPhones, uh, mm-hmm. making stuff for Netflix and streaming service, just making a bunch of movies and some hit, some don't, and I really like that. I yeah. really like that he's like still trying to top himself in a way and it's and and it's just like <laughs> to the point that it feels like he doesn't care if people like his movies or not he's just gonna he's just right. making the next one immediately yeah he's like yeah i'll make a four hour che movie <laughs> yeah. i'll make it in two parts why not i'll i'll do it i'll make a, a cinemax show <laughs> about about doctors from the turn of the last century like yeah, he just. I like that he just makes stuff, and he doesn't seem to really care about where the industry might have pushed him. Um, you know, Unsane is about as close to a Hitchcock movie as I think we've gotten outside of a Fincher movie in a very long time. Um, yeah, like just all of it seems mm. like it's coming from an interesting artistic place. Even um, even Contagion is probably the movie. Yeah. The movie of last year, I would say, like the one that yeah. everyone was rewatching and talking about, probably the most watched movie of last year. If I had to, yeah, if if I had to talk about one, and uh, I didn't rewatch it because I <laughs> I knew yeah, it when was, it was gonna. Yeah. But my my brother just rewatched. My brother just rewatched it and like told me like yeah, yeah it kind of now is a good time kind of to see how. How much of what we live through is in there? Right. I've heard it's a lot. I've <laughs> I've heard people just break it down and like a lot of the details match up. Um, I mean, since I'm looking at the his IMDb right now, I do want to point out that his next movie after that was Haywire, which I watched uh, right under the wire before uh, the lead of that film revealed herself to just be a giant piece of shit. <laughs> 
Um, so uh, I get to say good things about Haywire, which is a really exciting action movie. Too bad Gina Carano is a monster. <laughs> a horrible person. Uh, so uh, I'm happy to not see that movie again. Um, but yeah, uh, that movie's great. She kills the most handsome actors in Hollywood. <laughs> Looking in disgust, uh, and you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, do you want to see her punch Ewan McGregor really hard? Yeah, yeah, that's there. That that happens. Um, it's, it's very fascinating. Um, so yeah, um, no sudden moves. Uh, <laughs> we'll probably talk about it. Uh, we'll do like a recently watched soonish. Yeah. Uh, assuming we'll have both seen it by then. So. We'll probably talk about it. Um, I'm very excited uh, for some John Hamm, for some David Harbour, <laughs> uh, for some Ray Liotta. Um, very excited for Ray Liotta to be in a movie. <laughs> I don't know why, but I am. Uh, he, he was. Uh, am I mixing movies? And I'm, I'm definitely mixing actors. Ignore what <laughs> I was saying. Oh, he's really good in Marriage Story. Yeah, that's that's, oh, that's what, right. That was, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, he's the uh, he's Adam Driver's lawyer. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. <laughs> oh God. Um, all right. Um, I I think we should go to the plugs now. But um, this yeah, is a good show. I, I I yeah yeah good. Yeah, good definitely. <laughs> if if you take anything from this episode, if you haven't seen it, watch Out of Sight. Watch yes. uh, any Soderbergh movie that interests you. Yeah. Um most of them are pretty good. Uh, sex lives uh, and videotapes even is like kind of kind of yeah. cool in the like weird voyeuristic way. Um, yeah, gr- yeah great Magic director. Mike is badass. Magic Mike is a great film. We almost watched that. Um, uh, we still might just do a Magic Mike episode just about Magic Mike. <laughs> I think that that would be fun. Um, yeah, yeah, Soderbergh's great. I like all of the Oceans movies that he did. Uh, yes, yeah, so yeah, same. Yeah. And, and I could Logan Lucky in that, <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yeah, Oceans 4.5. It's a, more of an Oceans movie than Oceans 8, I'll say that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, some good Daniel Craig eating fake salt in that movie um Um, plugs uh follow me on twitter and instagram i'm at isayur and uh that's that's a bug and uh uh root for the canadians in the sonic cup final (laughs) i i would troll and say root for the other team um but i i wouldn't even know who to say so my troll is undone before I can even get it out. Um, yeah, uh, my plugs. Uh, Phantom Zone shows are happening almost every week. We're taking off for the holiday here in the States, so uh, you'll be listening to this. This is your show. Uh, this is your uh, <laughs> hour or more of uh, me. So, uh, yeah, that's that. We'll be talking more uh Loki, I think, when we come back. Um, we haven't talked about that on here yet, uh, but that will that will be happening soon, presumably. So uh, uh, stay tuned for lots more Loki talk and other things from me and on on both shows. So yeah, that's a 
that that's that's that. And uh, yeah. I, I think after Black Widow comes out, it will be fun to have a kind of a general oh, yeah. a general MCU talk or biannual oh, yeah. MCU talk. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, MCU check-in. MCU, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you rob a bank, make sure your car is working. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, don't flood your engine. Bye. <laughs>